Christopher Plunkett of Cascadia Hemp Co. and a dear friend and brother of mine. It is so wonderful to have you on the show today. Welcome to Hemp Barons. It's an honor and a pleasure, Joy. Thanks for having me on the show. I think of how we first met, and it was at a hempcrete workshop uh, that I was conducting. And it was a small, intimate one, in fact, it one that I was conducting at my home. And you arrived with your dad, who is so wonderful. <laughs> and this was some years ago now. I mean, it was either the end of 2016 or it may have been 2017. Um, but boy, these years are flying by, brother. Tell me about and, it. Gosh. And you, you know, were on fire. You had been inspired by hemp and all that it can do and sort of, and sort of finding your way um, and making your way um, into the, the incredible opportunity and world of hemp. And I am so thrilled to see where you have landed. Tell us a little bit about your hemp journey from that day um, on to where we find ourselves today. Yeah, absolutely. We'd love to. So yeah, I actually discovered hemp in January 2018. Um, I was uh, meeting some friends in downtown Seattle for some music and some drinks. Uh, my friend Izzy was there. He had just opened up a little coffee shop near Capitol Hill. And he was talking to me about how he was looking for hemp-based paper cups for his uh, coffee business. And it's, it struck me as odd, and I didn't really know you could make uh, paper out of hemp at that time. Um, and I was like, well, that's, that's weird. Is that really a thing? And he's like, yeah, it's a thing, but I can't really find it anywhere. And it got me curious enough that, uh, you know, sometime later, I decided to Google hemp. And I'd never really done that before. I vaguely had a vague understanding that hemp was somehow related to cannabis, how it had something to do with the, um, you know, the fiber and the rope and the t-shirts and stuff like that. But that was pretty much the extent of my knowledge until I Googled and wow, the whole hemp world kind of opened up to me and I had never felt such excitement over something like that before. Um, and it, it just immediately filled me with purpose. I wanted to learn everything there was to know about hemp and the history and where we are today. Uh, I was learning about the, the 2014 farm bill and um, you know CBD, of course, coming from hemp. Uh, you know, meeting you and learning about you being in Seattle, Joy, taking the Hempcrete workshop that spring, uh, which incidentally, that Hempcrete block, I bring with me to the markets today and educate people on Hempcrete. Oh. Yeah. So I, and then I took uh, the industrial hemp class at OSU, the online class with Andrea Herman, learned just a, a ton, ton about hemp and just became even more excited. And the thing about it is that I had never really wanted to start my own business or, uh, you know, I kind of was not a big fan of marketing, uh, hated being marketed to. Um, and but here I was so fascinated by this plant and the products. And I was like, I want to start a business. I want to I want to sell these products. And I'm like, oh, wow. Now I, how things have changed. <laughs> and uh, so I started researching um, you know, different ways that I could get into business. And I wanted to kind of start small because I was still working full time as a software engineer um, here in Seattle. That was my, my career for the last 10 years or for the 10 years before I got into hemp. And I decided that I wanted to do some retailing and just get some experience, you know, with the products and with business and with marketing and, and finding customers and keeping them happy. So I built uh, Cascadia Hemp Co. and made a little website all on my own on WordPress and uh, 
brought on a couple couple brands, couple local brands, including uh, Cannabis Basics. Uh, you of course know Av Arner, and um, and Lazarus Naturals, and uh, you know, Steep Few, some CBD coffee from California or from uh, Colorado, and just built a little e-commerce site. Launched it uh, pretty much end of 2018, um, and then yeah, it kind of went went from there. So fantastic, and you even had. And I know we we giggle about it from time to time um, because I use, of course, that I say, oh, we need hemp farmers. We need farmers to farm hemp, right? And um, But when you love hemp and when you're so on fire for it, you want to be as much a part of the plant or with the plant as you possibly can. And you had sort of an opportunity and some time and some resources because a a successful little software career there you had for those 10 years in Seattle. Um, You know, you had that urge to get into farming and and did that foray. You did that foray. You, of course, have come to learn um, or or for yourself, decide that farming um, may be best left to folks who have all of that stuff in place and and labor in place and equipment in place and all of that infrastructure and experience and skill. But you did it, brother. You went for it and you planted hemp and harvested it. Some of the hardest work in the world. Um, Before we speak some more about the crown jewel here, Cascadia Hemp Company, is there anything that you just want to share, just the the high points, the low points, anything that you want to share about your experience as a licensed temp producer yeah yeah definitely you know ultimately it was just a, a really big lesson on not biting off more than you can chew um i had never really experienced uh you know a, a kind of a big failure in my life um you know i always got straight a's in school i got into my college of choice got into my program of choice got a uh, you know a really good job right out of college making good money um, and did that for 10 years. So I never really experienced, you know, a big loss. So, I, you know, I had a bit, a bit of a head about me and I was like, yeah, I can I can farm hemp. I figured everything else out so far. I'm going to figure this out. And, you know, of course, I did figure it out. I did farm hemp and I harvested and, I, you know, I have inventory that I still have. <laughs> and, um, you know, it, there's just a lot that goes into a venture like that. And, uh, and you know, it doesn't even come down to um, just what you can do, but also the people that you work with. Um, and market forces. And you're taking, you know, you're taking a big gamble. But yeah, I mean, we, you know, I don't think anybody saw, you know, the crash happen the way that it did. Uh, when I made my spreadsheet, you know, my little business plan, I looked at the revenue farmers were making in 2017 and 2018. And I cut that in half. And then I cut that in half again. And I'm like, look, we're still making some money here. And then let's just let's just go for it. And we were also working with some people that had farmed a couple acres successfully uh, near Portland the year before. But uh, there's a big difference between farming a couple acres of hemp, you know, in your backyard to, uh, you know, purchasing a new 90 acre property, um, a pasture land, converting that into a farm and leasing it out to multiple inexperienced farmers and making sure that it all it's all going to work out, um, you know, in this in this co-op fashion. And um, yeah, and there's also weather, you know, as well. There's just a lot of risk that goes into it. Um, and it's, it's you know, much better to start small if you're going to do it. Uh, I you know, we were going to do 20 acres, and uh, I thought that was kind of small, and we decided to do 10. I thought that was even smaller, but, <laughs> you know, just do a couple acres. Um, don't, bet, don't bet everything on it. And 
Um, you know, I, I was fortunate. I did not invest more, you know, than, than I could afford. There are definitely some folks out there that, you know, that lost everything, um, went bankrupt, lost houses. It was a, it was a huge crash. And lost their parents' retirement income, their aging parents' retirement income. Yeah, no, it's a, and, and brother too, to sit here and, and hear you've planted you harvested, you dried, you cured, you packaged, you have inventory. Of course, the the underscore is, and, and I do still have that inventory, but that's not a failure. That is definitely not anywhere near a failure, but certainly for an, I'm an overachiever as well, and we're quite hard on ourselves, and I, I guess you're putting it in the failure column, but brother, you planted, you harvested, you dried, you cured, you packaged it beautifully. What you grew and dried and cured is fantastic stuff. The market uh, that crashed is indeed, and of course, our, our regulatory failures as well, um, indeed, is so much responsible for the experience that you had and that so many other had, uh, so many others had. But I would say that it's a great success uh, compared to so many of those experiences, and and how brave and wonderful that you that you you know went through it. Um, every now and again, I'll speak to folks at uh, conferences and and whatnot, and um, you know they'll say, even to this day, as recently as two months ago, was I want to grow it, I'm going to process it, I'm going <laughs> to manufacture it, I'm going to sell it, da 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 da, and I, you know. Uh, managed within about 15 minutes to get them to 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 realize that really they just wanted to be a brand owner and i said okay so we've gotten the growing out of, off the table right and they're like yep okay and, and now we've gotten the processing off the table right yep and the manufacturing that too is off the table right yes so you're going to be a brand owner yes okay even that i don't have to tell you is is simply something i basically advise against the market is already saturated um and i just there are the world of hemp is so huge why would you get into uh you know producing a, a hemp extract product at this point unless it's just amazingly unique and uh and certainly you can have your formulations with any of these turnkey solutions that are experienced that are well certified uh in their in their manufacturing practices um, you know, take an idea that you have, do the R&D, do the formulation and package it for you and, and even do fulfillment. It's amazing what's out there. So, but uh, I love that you wanted to chew it all. And sure, <laughs> it was maybe a bit more that you could chew, but you did it so successfully. Now, Cascadia Hemp Co. is not your basic uh, hemp company website. I could interview any number of folks with retail uh, hemp sites out there. It's, first of all, really difficult um, to get the attention of folks uh, out there in e-commerce. You've got to be um, pretty sophisticated in those strategies and maneuvers. And also, you have to know what to sell. It's a big, big world out there. So, Cascadia Hemp Company is filled with consciously curated hemp and cannabidiol or CBD products. Talk to us about what you go through and why you have uh, chosen um, the various brands that you have chosen. What does it mean to be consciously curated and why is that important? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, every brand owner that steps into this market has to ask themselves, you know, how are they going to be different? What kind of value are they going to offer? What kind of company are you going to be? And, you know, when I got into hemp, I, of course, looked around at what other websites were out there, what other brands were out there. 
And it definitely became very clear that there are a lot of CBD brands, uh, brands that have their own branded um, you know, product line, usually tinctures, usually some soft gels, some topicals, you know, maybe some creams. And um, there's a lot of competition out there. And I was not really in a position, you know, with my level of experience and business and marketing to you know, have that confidence that I can invest in my own brand of CBD and be successful in that endeavor, especially with all the competition out there. On the other side of the market, I saw websites that were selling, there were marketplace websites that were selling lots of different brands of CBD. Um, these websites I kind of found, you know, kind of generic and impersonal. Um, they had a lot of options, but they didn't really make it clear, you know, which options were for what people. They, they had a basic blog, you know, some you know, FAQ and stuff like that, but it still was really overwhelming. And also these websites, they sold just CBD. They didn't really sell any other products that can be made from hemp. And, you know, while I do want to, you know, uh, grow and, and, and run a successful retail business um, and CBD currently is the moneymaker, I'm still here for the plant, for the ethos of the plant, for what it has to offer, uh, you know, in, a, in the bigger picture, grander scale. And so it was important for me to incorporate those product categories as well. So the way I'm different is I have a smaller, like you said, more consciously curated selection of brands and products. Um, it's not an overwhelming selection. It's, it's very browsable. It's very digestible. Every brand and product has been picked for a reason. I don't have 10 full spectrum tinctures, you know, and 20 different gummies that are all the same except for the, the packaging. Um, everything is there for a reason. And then I provide, you know, as much education um, and, and resources as I can to help people find the products that are, are best for their lifestyle. You know, is it a full spectrum product? Is it a THC free product? Maybe a topical is a good place to start. And then, you know, I also always like to talk about the other product categories like hemp seed foods. You know, CBD is, is fantastic. Uh, it's helping a lot of people. There's a lot of exciting research and science coming out. It, it is a truly phenomenal uh, molecule and family of molecules, we're going to be doing a lot with hemp extracts. But then I say, you know, well, a good diet is even more important, right? We all need to be eating healthy and hemp seed foods, you know, hemp seeds, as you're well, well aware, Joy, uh, hemp seeds are a superfood packed with vitamins, packed with minerals and good protein, uh, you know, plant-based, um, easily digestible protein, omega-3 fats, fiber, all these things that people need. Not everybody needs CBD, but everybody needs good food. And hemp seeds are, are a big part of that. So I always bring that into the conversation. And then I also have a little selection of, um, you know, apparel and accessories made of hemp fiber. So I can talk about, you know, that side of, of the plant as well and all the benefits. Um, and so basically what I do is I try to find brands that are, you know, a little smaller, uh, a little more local, very committed to, uh, you know, creating good, safe, effective products with all the testing, um, you know, brands that themselves contribute to the community and to, you know, positive environmental practices. And, and then, like I said, otherwise it's function, right? I, I have, you know, a full spectrum brand that's affordable. I have a USD organic brand that's a little bit more expensive for those who want the organic THC free with THC topicals. And um, yeah, and then I just provide that education. So I'm, you know, I'm at the markets every weekend um, selling, you know, all my products and having one-on-one -on -one conversations with people. Um, and then I'm also creating a, uh, a slideshow presentation on CBD 
was basically, it started off as a brain dump of everything that I knew about CBD and it ended up being 80 slides. So now I have to, uh, <laughs> I have to break that up. I'm going to make like a CBD basics presentation and then have like a two part advanced presentation and then get that on a calendar and start getting people to, uh, you know, to come and get educated on CBD and, and hemp as well. You know, the, the history of hemp is why I always talk about that. It's you know very important. So fantastic. And I think we had a conversation recently where you were like, yeah, I'm going to have to shave down some slides. (laughs) (laughs) So thrilled that you are doing this. And man, I hope you will rope me in if there's anything that I can do to help you with that, brother. You are singing the song. And I, I think it's important to note that range in prices where you have the from the affordable as you say to the more for folks who really want to make sure they've got something that's that's USDA organic although as you and I both know many of the uh, uh the processes and and agricultural techniques of the of the products that you have carefully and consciously curated are already of course using those organic practices and many times those organic practices and in, in agronomy are being used and they're even more stringent than what's required for that USDA uh, certification, but it is very important to, to some folks. And it's just, I think very important to have that level of, um, pricing available, all all different people, all different budgets. And as it says, right on your homepage, part of the mission of course, is to make hemp accessible to all at Cascadia hemp company. Um, and I, I love the fact, I, I think we both know that most of my holiday shopping this year <laughs> uh, <laughs> went through Cascadia Hemp Company, not only because do I basically refuse to buy, you know, unless it's one of my sons and they, you know, they're requesting something electronic, some fancy thing that they wouldn't otherwise afford being fresh out of me- their master's degrees. Um, otherwise, people are getting hemp from me. That's all you get from Joy for presents. <laughs> hemp. They're really cool presents, but, but, but they're made of hemp or they're entirely entirely comprised of hemp or they're hemp-based. And what I loved was being able to get onto your website, Cascadia Hemp Co., and because you do have these collections, and I love being able to shop by collections, I was able to get basically these gift baskets or these gift packages put together, got my free shipping because you have many rewards. That's another, I think, very special and unique thing about Cascadia Hemp Company um, is that you not only sell multiple different types of hemp products, you've got a really robust reward program, including only one of those rewards. It's beyond this, but one of those may rewards is free shipping, um, orders over $49, and of course, a free hemp mask for orders over $79. But there I was putting together these these gift boxes of my my dream gift boxes to people. And guess who had to do all the work, Chris? You did, brother. (laughs) 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 You had to put them all together and go to the, and it wasn't easy from what I understand. And I know you are, you were so savvy with the software and you have everything set up so that you can do as much as you can without relying on the post office themselves. And it was during COVID, during the holidays. And I just can't thank you enough for doing that. And also, I, I believe, and you correct me if I'm wrong, 
sometimes I, I can't, sometimes I have a memory of some, and then they say, Joy, we did that for you because of our relationship with you. Don't tell the whole world that we do that. So correct me if I'm wrong, if I'm getting ahead of my skis here, but I believe that during that checkout process, I was asked as part of the software program, another bell and whistle for, for spending your dollars at Cascadia Hemp Co. If I wanted to add a note, like a gift note, it, wasn't I able to do that? Oh yeah, absolutely. And that gets, that gets passed through for sure. Definitely. So it was just fantastic being able to put these and and you have uh, items there. Now that hemp is taking off, you know, I used to be able to keep track of everything. And thank God those days are over when I don't know every single hemp product that is available in the United States of America. For years, you could actually keep track. Um, and I, I kept pretty meticulous track. A, I'm an expert witness. Um, but B, part of, you know, what allows me to do so much um influencing at the lawmaking and regulatory side is because I'm meticulous with the data that I, um, you know, uh, derive and report on. And so again, it was able to keep track. I'm not able to keep track anymore. Every day there is new, wonderful things. You can look at the main, you know, I usually call, of course, before I purchase something, is this uh, a CGMP compliant, et cetera, et cetera. But the things that I am discovering in these different collections that you have on Cascadia Hemp Co. and one of my favorite snack foods um, you sell, uh, and I learned about it through you, and it is straight up hemp seeds, but the most deliciously flavored hemp seeds, and I believe that would be Humming Hemp, the Honey Aleppo. That's right. Yeah, that is the only, as far as I know, that is the only food bar whose primary first ingredient is hemp hearts. Is hemp hearts that is, and that's their bars, and their bars are absolutely mm -hmm. delicious. And these are the actual uh, hemp hearts in a bag, so they're loose. And I literally shake the things, shake them up because, of course, in shipping, you never know what the honey powder or, or spices can shake that thing up. And it's just gotten to the point where I pour it straight into my mouth. I love yeah. these hemp hearts so much. Um, but just uh, incredible things that you have there. Now, are there any other? Um, lessons that you may want to impart uh, to your fellow entrepreneurs and and uh, and hempsters who really want to want to get involved in in a small business or others uh, involving this incredible versatile valuable plant yes yes absolutely lots of lots of lessons for sure so um, I would say the biggest lesson that I learned is that there there are no shortcuts um, you, you got to put in the hard work, um, and you got to make smart decisions and you are going to make mistakes. Uh, but you just have to learn from those mistakes, get up every day and do a little better. And, uh, you know, and, and part of that too, is, uh, not spreading yourself too thin. So, you know, along with farming, I was also trying to run the retail business at the same time. And I was also, uh, involved with some nonprofit work. I held some leadership positions at the hemp industries association for a while, or, um, you know, rather the local chapters here in Washington and the P and W and, you know, I really enjoyed doing that. Uh, but it, it did take a lot of time away from me building my businesses. Um, and so, you know, I definitely encourage people to get involved, uh, with nonprofits and, and with, you know, community organizations, but, just make sure that you have a main thing that you're doing and, and do it well. Really focus on it. Um, you know, great things come from staying focused on 
on a problem until it's it's been solved and it's it's done. Um, now there's always you know oh you know how done is done enough, <laughs> and you do want to enjoy life and and do some other things, but it's definitely you know there's no shortcuts. There's no you're not going to get rich quick. Um, and, you know, the best businesses are, are built, you know, with a good foundation and, and that just takes work and that takes time. And, and it also takes, and thank you so much for that 10 ways from Sunday. Cause of course, I think both of us were raised with the proverb, anything worth doing is worth doing well. And, uh, you know, if we could bottle and sell that, uh, to folks, especially when it comes to hemp, um, and we, we need customers and consumers to have a positive experience when they're making a transaction with hemp and, and when they receive even the packaging and the shipping and, and the way that it was packaged and shipped, which by the way, yours are always so carefully packaged. And I love getting the little handwritten note. And I happen to know from others, of course, we're friends. So I'm usually going to get that handwritten note because you see that it's coming to me. But I have certainly spoken with your other customers and happen to know that everyone gets a handwritten note on their order form, thanking them uh, for their for their package. And every now and again, there's a sticker or a little free something in there, um, yep. you know, as a promotion. And everybody loves to see that. But but what I mean by having a positive uh, customer experience, really, I mean, how how did the website function? How many typos did I see? Was it a smooth process? Um, you know, all of those things, you have worked out all of that. And, and it's just very, very important, A, for success um, and, and B, for that consumer experience. You then really, I think, move on to build that and nurture that relationship with your customer. So I get not too many emails. I get just the right amount of emails from Cascadia Hemp Company, oftentimes with some really fantastic information um, and or a promotion or a sale or reminding me that I have reward points and and do I want to spend them? And, um, you know, usually there is a birthday or a holiday coming up and it reminds me, yes, I do. And I appreciate those because I need to get that uh i need to get that present taken care of as a matter of fact um you will be airing at a future date but i am now reminded that i'm going to have to put it in order as soon as we get off this call <laughs> and beg you to somehow get it to maine before father's day and we'll we'll see what we can do that. <laughs> um but you've also got a fantastic blog right and even a free ebook and so it's it's nurturing those relationships. So not only is it that anything worth doing is doing well, that you're not doing the the shortcuts, but you're understanding that a great product at a fair price with outstanding customer service is always going to be the formula for a successful business of any size. Nothing is going to change those three things. A good product at a fair price with outstanding customer service. It could be a, a widget being sold in the 1800s to everything that you're selling on your website today. And I'm pretty sure you agree with that uh, little synopsis. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Customer service is extremely important. Th that is the uh, the formula for the foundation of a successful business, definitely. Now, that isn't necessarily sufficient to, to make a, a successful business. You do need to stand out. You do need to you know provide a unique good value. Um, but every business needs to be able to offer those things. That is that is core, absolutely. 
that is core. And thank you for this other piece here that I certainly wanted to mention to you. And I, you know, I don't know if software development, you could have been, of course, in software for timekeeping, software for law firms, like I had to deal with most of my life, or maybe you were involved in search engine optimization. But I, I often attribute, and I want you to elaborate on what that sort of software experience was, the success that you're enjoying for Cascadia Hempco, is it because of your experience and awareness with search engine optimization and understanding just how important leveraging e-commerce and marketing really is? Yeah, definitely. My software background definitely has helped. I think the most helpful part of it is just having a little bit more of an analytical mindset uh, approaching problems. Um, being able to, you know, take an engineering mindset, break down a problem into its pieces and, you know, get those pieces on a to-do list and, and start knocking those things out. Um, doing, you know, doing research before you jump into anything. Um, in terms of the actual tech experience, it did help me in, you know, setting up my website and, uh, you know, I do currently maintain the back end myself, um, all the technical sides of things of, of the website um, and shipping. Um, all the plugins and stuff like that. So definitely that that has been helpful. I would say though that other than that, it's been a pretty a pretty uh, novel ball game for me. Um, mostly on just you know the communication side and building these relationships. You know, as a software developer, you you have your job, you have your peers. You know, you work with the same people every day. You don't really, you know, you're not really forced to go out and and meet new people every day. Um, and I've always been a pretty sociable guy, but my my work never really, you know, um, offered me the opportunity to be very social. And it was actually one of the things that I really wanted to do, you know, more of, I wanted to be more social, I wanted to connect with more people, it's something that I was missing in my career. And one of the reasons why I wanted to make, uh, make a change and, and went to hemp. And so, um, you know, having the opportunity to meet people, um, you know, through my business at the market, uh, educating on these topics, it's been it's been really great. I've been really enjoying it. It's wonderful. And just you were made for hemp and hemp was made for you, Chris. <laughs> and I I think about those times and I think that's another really important lesson. And you mentioned it before and, and now as well. But again, you're not enjoying and and believe me probably enjoying success means i actually got to pay myself this week i mean hemp is <laughs> hemp is you know getting there but but that isn't without putting in all the hard work so so when we talk about you going to the farmers markets and and being at those farmers markets i mean you and i we're we're the nerds who enjoy these things right but but that's how you're building your brand in this greater metropolitan area of Seattle is you are out there and, and the markets are on Saturdays and they take up your full, you got to set that, set it all up, spend your time there with a smile, interacting with everybody and then break it all down and bring it home. Your Saturday is gone. That's your Saturday. Maybe you get Saturday, Saturday and Sunday. Oh, Saturday and su thank you for that, brother. <laughs> so there's your, your weekend. So uh, again, folks, it's, you know, unless you're such a bazillionaire that you've got all the money to throw at SEO and you don't need to do that hard work, you are not going to achieve success. We're talking really, Chris, I, I wanted so much to have you on the show today. And I'm so glad that I had you on the show today to really speak to that small operator, that person who really 
really wants to make a go of it in hemp, but to understand um, the true sacrifice and, and time and commitment that it takes. So not only are you at your computer more than 40 hours a week doing this, you're the owner of this business. So you're investing your time in it, but, but, and, and it's not just the summer around here, those farmers markets, what are they May through November? Where, how long do the markets last? Yeah. So the Fremont Sunday market is normally year round. Uh, this year they took January, February off because things were already kind of slow with COVID. Uh, next year they may continue to do it through the winter months. The uh, South Lake Union Saturday market just started beginning of this month. It runs through September. Um, and then also in September, October, and November, there's going to be uh, a two-day night market each month. And those are going to be really, really fun. Uh, they've been hits in the past. I haven't had the opportunity to vend at, at them yet. I was going to do it last year, but COVID, of course, shut down all the markets. Right. So I actually, I actually started going to the Fremont market last year in the spring before COVID really hit. And I was just getting things going when the markets shut down. Mm. Um, yeah, and they didn't. Mm -hmm. And isn't it the case that, and maybe different farmers markets are, are different, but my general understanding of farmers markets is once you commit to being there, you can't decide this week I'm not doing the farmer's market because there is, is that the case or do they allow you some wiggle room? There is some wiggle room. Yeah, the folks that run these markets, they're, they're really great. Um, they, of course, ideally would have people commit as early as possible and show up, you know, when they say they are, of course. Um, but, you know, if you're sick or whatever, or if things come up, uh, you know, they do understand if you have to cancel they do ask that, you know, you do so, you know, early, earlier, the better, of course. Um, I've been pretty much going to every single market every single weekend just because I just want to maximize my exposure and and get out there as much as possible. It really is one of the core ways that I'm connecting with the community here. Um, and in my marketing in general, I'm targeting, you know, a local Seattle P&W niche. Um, you know, I do have customers outside of uh, our region here, but mostly I connect with folks that are that are around the Seattle area, which I think just is is so fantastic. And um, and I've been out there with you one day and I can't wait to do it again. And I remember I felt so bad because I, I hadn't done it in so long. It's <laughs> like it's like being at a trade show, an ongoing trade show. And, and by the way, I'll just make a note to folks that, you know, to get a trade show booth for a small operator you're and, and especially one where you have to travel. Let's say that you're spending $2,500 on the booth. You're shipping all of your stuff. Maybe you're driving. Maybe you're having to ship all of your inventory. Maybe you need to have a couple of people there to help you run the booth. You've got an airline ticket. You've got the hotel. You're taking your chances that these thousands of dollars that you're spending on that trade show booth at that one conference are really going to pay off when you're at a conference generally with everybody else that's in hemp. So, at these farmers markets, you're stationary, it's affordable, you're building this solid base drum of loyal customers in your own community, while of course the SEO is happening. But it's just fantastic. And I just remember the folks would come because this was right before COVID really shut everything down in, uh, in, in Washington State. And we were out there and people would come and ask questions. And I'd be like, Oh, Chris, will you let me answer this question? Please let me answer this question. <laughs> 
I just I, I love the interactions with people who, you know, I love to sing the song of hemp, and it has just been so long since I have um, been able to interact from a booth with the locals, and I just can't wait to do um, more of that with you again, Chris. It's just you're such an inspiration. It is such a pleasure to watch your rise, and uh, and what a mentor you are. Um, to folks uh, on, on every level, from students to small business folks to even experienced business people who are just getting turned on to hemp. It's really wonderful um, to watch this and, and just to witness your evolution in the hemp space. So much success. Before we go, is there anything that I that I haven't asked you or a message that you want to make sure you tell our listeners before we part ways for now? Yeah, yeah, certainly. No, I really appreciate that. Um, I do have a couple other little lessons that I can share with, um, you know, other would be entrepreneurs. Um, so, you know, one is, you know, when you start looking at the hemp industry, there's a lot of really awesome stuff happening. And, you know, really, really amazing people such as yourself, Joy, who've been working in the industry for a long time, um, and really shaking things up. And it can be, you know, you can definitely get a bit of imposter syndrome. Um, in this industry, as you know, as is the case in software as well, there's a lot of really, uh, you know, uh, super smart, intelligent people working in software, and uh, not every engineer is a genius, um, but every engineer has something to offer, and has value to provide, um, and and matters, and and that that um, that's also true in hemp as well. So you don't, the lesson is you don't have to do something necessarily revolutionary to matter in the hemp industry. Um, you know, we need warriors, we need soldiers, we need people that are out there beating that drum. Um, if you are educating people on hemp, if you are selling products in good faith, um, you know, good products uh, that people, you know, um, that's safe and that's that's good for people. Um, if you want to invent something, that's cool too. But, you know, if you are doing those things, if you're doing something like that, then you are contributing and you matter and and don't let anybody, you know, tell you otherwise. Oh, <laughs> Love that. I got chills on that one. <laughs> yeah. And the other one is, uh, you know, really be careful who you work with. Um, and, you know, somebody doesn't need to necessarily have malintent to uh, to bring, you know, damage to your business and, and to your brand and to your name. You really need to be careful. Do your research, get to know people, um, be a skeptic, you know, uh, be a critical thinker. And, and just be really careful with, with who you work with. Uh, it, it can really make the difference. And uh, there are good people out there, um, well-intentioned in, you know, well people that frankly just don't really know what they're doing. And if you don't know what you're doing, don't partner with someone who doesn't know what they're doing. You know, just, uh, yeah, so just be really careful, do your research. And, um, but it is good to you know, work with people as well. You gotta be able to get out there, meet people, see what's going on and 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 find you know find the good the good things to do what a bunch of fantastic good advice thank you so much for that and uh I could, we could do a whole nother show on just that last bit of advice um, because I think some of the, the stories can be fascinating and I, I also find um that there are folks out there that sort of it gets it's so complex because they're new and they say oh I just met so and so and they're an expert and I don't have to think anymore because they're going to take care of everything and over and over we see 
they did not take care of everything. They were not an expert. You needed to keep thinking. And so uh, that due diligence is just so very important. And and checking references and, and all of those things, past customers, past clients, all of that is so important. What a great bunch of advice, Chris. Well, I'm looking forward to connecting with you in person soon. Uh, and just thank you so much for being on the show, Chris. We can't wait to have you back again. And um, I'm getting online uh, the <laughs> Minute, the minute we get off the show here, because I've got a place in order at CascadiaHempCo.com. Well, if you if you have a if you have a question on the website and, and type it in the little box down there, it's going to be going straight to me. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It goes straight to Chris. He's taking care of all of his customers right now. And boy, are you doing a fantastic job. Wishing you everything wonderful in the world, brother. And we'll have you back on again. Thank you for being on Hemp Parents today. Thank you so much, Joy. I really appreciate the time. Bye, Chris. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Season one of Dope History is now available at dopehistory.com. Dope History weaves you through the lives of those who have been touched by cannabis or have had an influence on the events that shaped our laws or relationships with this plant. You'll hear tales from Frenchie Cannoli, Keith Strop, Eddie Lepp, Tom Alexander, Ed Rosenthal, Wolf Seagull, Jorge Cervantes, and Tommy Chong. Available now at dopehistory.com.